So before I begin the review, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to my review of Stephen Malcolm's album, The Second City. This may seem like a really weird review for our first episode. However, this album means something really important to me because it, this was the very album that got me interested into Christian hip-hop. I was just coming back from Wesleyan Youth Conference in uh, Cincinnati called Follow, um, and Stephen Malcolm wasn't even the headlining act there for the conference, but he did give a concert, and that his entertaining ability, his on-stage presence, and just his general energy pulled me into the genre and actually led me to create this um, program, Christian Music Audits. Um, so before I get any further, I have a few rules. I want to explain to you how I conduct my reviews and how I act myself. Um, so for, for rating the reviews, I have a scoring system. It's really easy. Um, so I, I give the album a 1 to 10 in every category. So for enjoyability, innovation, evangelical message, album theming, immersion, catchiness, and general Christian cringiness. So 70 points. Um, also, there's a skippable song or a song that I don't, I'm not a big fan of. It's minus half a point from the general score after everything's added up um, for the song, for the whole album. I also have rules for myself on how I listen to the album. So before I review them, I do a few things. I have a two-step review process. So the first step is I listen to the album with my phone and my AirPods, doing nothing but solely listening to the album. This allows me to get in involved. Um, it also gives kind of like a pseudo real-world trial where I'm, there's other background noises and there's other things happening other than just the music. And then the second stage of the trial is I'll be listening to it using my car stereo. Um, I felt this was important to give the album a second chance, so I'm not doing everything with my first try. Um, I'm not writing the whole review on one listen. And also I thought it was important because the bigger sound, sound stage of my car will allow me to hear better and pick up on things I didn't pick up the first time. So now with all that out of the way, I'd like to welcome you to Stephen, Album's, the, Stephen Malcolm's second album, The Second City. So a little bit of background information on The Second City. So The Second City is Stephen Malcolm's second album released. It was dropped in January 2019 and features 15 songs of various different styles of Christian hip-hop. Uh, some to heavier trap songs or to slower neo-worship uh, songs. Neo kind of being like new worship songs. Um, the whole album spans a total of 55 minutes without interruption. A quick Here's a quick synopsis from uh, Stephen Malcolm's own website. It says, The second city, named after his father's hometown of Montego Bay, the so-called Second City of Jamaica. The Second City was a hard-hitting, lyrically-driven record that focused on optimistic themes. The album debuted on num at number 11 on Billboard's Hip Hop Chart in 2019 and received a Dove nomination in Rap Hip Hop Album of the Year. So the first song... Um, of the album is Not To Us slash Good Love. This is a really quick set to the stage of Malcolm's mission of the album as well as a Christian. The beat is really simple. It's really effective. Um, it's quite engaging. Um, and the song is used to show God's good, great, God's good grace and love after Stephen gave his life to Christ. Um, the slow acoustic chorus at the end uh, leads to a beat drop and really just fills the sound um, with the repetitive chorus. Um, I really like this song because it's not all heavy trap. It's not all heavy battle rap. There's some nice uh, intermits where you have background singers singing not to us and stuff like that. It breaks it up. It's really nice. I enjoy it a lot. The next song, Watch, starts with a main chorus about coming out of sin and losing worldly things for God's glory. Then, as it moves into the first main verse, we lose the beat except for just a distant ticking clock in the background. This adds to the buildup of the drop of the chorus, 
And then halfway through the second verse, we get this again, except it's just with a bass drum. And so that different sound forces the variation. Um, and it makes you remember that it's a nice homage, homage to the beginning chord, the beginning verse, but it's also, it makes it different enough to where it still feels the same. It's really impactful. Actually, it's the most impactful part of the song to me. And then when Stephen gets down to one of the last lines of the verse, he goes, and it's still, Lord, kill me if I don't preach the gospel. And then the song just bams out with a final chorus. The third track in the album is Rodeo. Rodeo, um, I really like because right in the beginning, it starts to ask important questions, especially introspective questions. The first one of these questions is, am I really giving all I have to God even though I want to? I really want to give those things to God, but am I actually going through the steps to do those? That's one of the questions it asks. And then the second one is, where, where do I do, where do I turn to during times that, during terms or times of temptations? Am I turning to God to replace the bad with good? Or am I just distracting myself? Or am I just completely turning to that comfortable life uh, of a worldly life? Those powerful things are just asked in the beginning of the song, literally the first minute, minute, not even a minute, like 30 seconds. Then once the first verse comes in, Stephen uh, starts to talk about the brokenness of people and how they message him uh, and try to make him, they don't try to make him, but they message him about their things. And he, it's hard for him to look past all these things. And then the chorus reminds us that life throws us every which way and distracts us from currently knowing where we are. Um, that's why it goes spinning around and around in the world like a rodeo. Really, in the end, God really knows what each and every... It says that God knows what each and every one of us really needs and wants and that it's God's love for us that makes our relationship real. Um, and I think that with this rodeo, the rodeo chorus, maybe not so much the song, but the chorus has definitely become my favorite chorus on the whole track because of that. Um, even when I listened to this before writing this review, rodeo was always a nice song because it sounded nice. Um, but really going diving into this, I found a lot during this review that the track just completely changes once I start looking at it critically. Rodeo's chorus is definitely one of those things that changed a lot is I was really I was really moved by the chorus when I took it out of the phrasing, I took it out of the beat, I took it out of the producing. And I just looked at it what it, the words were saying. And that was it was really impactful to me um, to see those nice reminders in a rap song, um, no less. And then after Rodeo comes Fade Away. Um, Fade Away is kind of a, a confusing song for me, um, because when I was younger, Fade Away, always, I always thought Fade Away was about removing rage and removing these negative emotions from your life um, and giving them to God. Uh, but as I listen to it now, I and I start to pay more attention to it, I realize that the Fade Away track is actually, it's not removing those emotions, but it's using those emotions. It's using rage for good. It's using anger for good. It's using your competitiveness for all those things. Um, and so once you f first turn on Fade Away, it's immediately carried by a fast, heavy beat uh, track with a distorted hi-hat, just giving this simple beat and simple rhythm. And really, it's a good hype song. It's fun. It's easy to listen to. It gets you going. The, the higher beat gets your heart pumping. Um, but it just doesn't have as big of an impact emotionally as rodeo did for me um but when i listen to the song but then like i was saying the song isn't about removing those emotions that you get sometimes it's actually using them for your better um in the song it goes rage 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 fade away um i didn't realize this was a 
was a basketball term because I'm not a big basketball fan, especially when I was a kid. Um, so when I heard that, I always thought it was telling the rage itself to fade away. Uh, but now I realize it was a fadeaway jump shot. Um, and so that's one of the things that this has changed as I've gone through this, um, is the perspective that I'm looking at it in is three years older and more. I've seen and experienced things in life more. Um, and so it's just one of those songs that has changed. But um, back to the actual song itself, the ending is really good too. Um, it's the nice ending with the guitar solo. Um, I was kind of disappointed when it came back in with a, a pre-chorus. Um, I thought it kind of ruined the guitar solo at the end. Not ruined the ending, but I think it would have sounded a lot better to let the guitar solo ride out by itself and then slowly die down. Um, but still, I really enjoyed the song. And something I really enjoyed, too, was the like Little John-inspired um, yells in the background um, after key lines. It was a nice touch. Um, it kind of added to the, the idea of using those emotions. Um, so now, Been There. Um, I think Been There is the weakest song on the album. Um, if it's not been there, then it's uh, not to us. Um, it's it's not horrible or it's it's not unoriginal. Um, it's still a, that Stephen Malcolm like typical flair. It's a s still typical type of music. I just don't really think it's that good of a song. It's is it still catchy enough to get stuck in your head? Yeah, it is. I've had this song stuck in my head before. Um, and there's a bar in there that it's kind of like a truth bomb. Uh, it's halfway through the second verse. And it goes, the truth is, we all have a Judas. Yeah. Um, it just really, that kind of epitomizes this whole song for me. Um, it's the, it's the, really the one line I listen for and into the song. Um, would I choose this song to represent the whole album? Certainly not. There's way better songs like Fuego, Second City, um, some other songs that come down the album. Um, but if I was doing a third or fourth listen, I probably would skip this song. Um, cause it just, it doesn't, just doesn't do a lot for me. For the next song, um, Even Louder. This is another one of those songs that like can easily be first or it can be fourth, third, one of those. The four, the top four of these songs are really close together. It's, it's hard competition. Um, but this song is so good. I could definitely see this being played in a contemporary Christian service or, um, like a larger, uh, radio station it's so good i love it so much and then when it um i think it was in 2020 or late 2019 when it got the remake with natalie grant uh with background vocals oh man i listened to that for so long it was so good it's a lot better than the album version um but still the al album version is really strong it stands up by itself well it continues this idea of the flow um into the song it is so good i love it um and the verse that's, like, sung uh, at the end, it's not really rapped, it's not sung, really always gets to me. It resonates with me. Uh, it makes that verse more impactful. Um, I'll always sing the praise of this song. It's inventive because it's got that worship feel to it. It's got a vocal choir. It's got a strong rapped verse. It's got a strong sung verse. It's got a little bit of that reggae influence onto it. It's, I think it's easy, it could easily be the best song in this album. Um, so yeah, the next song is Beauty of Dreams. This is another underrated song on this album. I don't think it gets enough attention as it does deserve. Um, and the Beauty of Dreams is good. It's so much better, uh, when it's not on its own, when it's played in context with the album, because it flows so well coming off the emotional high you get from, um, 
even louder. Um, the the beat is even similar, and the way it carries itself. Um, the Beauty of Dreams is just such a good song. Um, it doesn't really... It, it starts slow with a reference to an earlier song about how Stephen was always working hard and how he was even writing his songs in the kitchen. Um, and then we get a little further down, and it shows us how successful... Once you start to get successful, you start to get scared because you're getting close to making this goal you've had your whole life, but then you're worried about what if something comes and wipes it all out. Um, and so it's it's a really nice breakdown into what Stephen... Essentially, Stephen's mind. Um, it was so... I always enjoy it. And one thing about the song is there isn't really an obvious vocal chorus. Um, a lot of the, it's really just all verses. The only chorus in there is really with a beat. Um, and it's kind of like a, an interlude. Um, it is so good. I love it so much. Um, and then the next song is On the Move. Um, On the Move is a complete change of pace compared to Beauty of Dreams. It's a real, the, on the Move is a really reggae and obviously inspired track from reggae with the uh, cadence and the accent um, with also the beat. There's a lot of guitar. There's a lot of kind of like a but but up but with your snare hits and stuff like that. It's a fun little tune. I like listening to it. Um, it's a really big change of pace coming from louder, uh, even louder, and then Beauty of Dreams. And it's this nice move to an, kind of like an upbeat paradise. Um, it's really nice. I wouldn't really, there's no way I would skip the song. It's a lot better than I thought it would be. Because um, I, I, younger, I would always skip this song. Uh, but actually, I would flip it now. Um, I would never skip the song. It's a nice transition into the next kind of ending songs, um, having been through the whole review now. Um, and then this really heavy reggae continues into the uh, 12th track, The Devil is a Liar. Um, you can really feel the reggae from the moment the beat kicks on. And I really like the distorted guitar you hear th all throughout the song. And then the casual beats that are behind, the drums that are behind the beat of the song. And so it gives it like that nice, easy, kind of like jazz flow, but it's that laid back island time kind of feel. Um, but besides all that, I still love this song. It's a Rice influence, and it's got that nice reggae influence, but it also has kind of like that Northern, Mich Northern Michigan harder rap uh, influence and it's it he pairs it so well I don't know how he did it um, I don't even know if he made the beat but the song pairs so well and the lyrics go with it a lot too um, even the lyrics itself it show how the devil is he's dangerous he's doing all these things to people and it's hurting people but they just don't realize it um, Stephen goes through lists shows and examples of how the devil is lying to people how he's adlers adversely affecting them and how he's getting them to believe the lie it's a great song. It exposes uh, the devil's abilities. It exposes his tactics. Um, and then when the song transitions to the second verse, Stephen starts rapping faster than I can count. It's crazy. I don't know how anyone can ever talk that fast, let alone rap. Um, but yeah, I, I love the song. I was kind of going crazy once that second verse hit. Um, the, the song's way too good to ignore. Um, and at the end, it's just a nice kind of bass solo to fade out. Uh, really nice really nice then after that is carried by the heart of david um this reggae influence is still very prevalent in the heart of david um the heart of david's kind of always been a hard song for me to interpret it again um it's kind of a weird mixture between reggae and then also like steven's personal life but also fitting that into the heart of david um there's some references to david's life like bathsheba and his appointment from samuel um but then 
Um, there's also some things from Stephen's life about how uh, Crisis King, how it builds him up and compels him to do stuff like make music, which is something that both King David and uh, Stephen Malcolm share, um, is the love of their Lord is what causes them to make music. Um, and then something that it really, like the heart of David really centers on is about how sin just forces you to carry the weight of shame and stuff like that. Um, and that weight of shame and that feeling is brought to attention into the next song, Overflow. Overflow is so good. Um, this is that fourth song. Like if it's not third, it's fourth. It's another one of those like neo-worship songs where there's not really all that heavy rap Actually, I don't think there's any rap in Overflow. It's more of indie pop, really. I would explain it more like that neo-worship where it's kind of, it's a trap beat, but the words, there's the words behind it are more of like a worship song. Um, and so the song is all about how that weight of the sin just sits there and boils and it gets worse over time. But then as God's massive overflow of love pours onto you, it just pushes all of those things out. It pushes out the shame pushes out the sin, it pushes out the guilt. Um, it removes the feeling of failure um, from not, it removes those feelings of failure and how you don't see yourself successful in the world's view. And it shows you that you actually are successful in God's view. You're successful because you're God's child. Um, it's such a good message. And Stephen really just knows how to use those words to communicate those emotions into the song. The, and the beat flows with it so well. Um, yeah, it's... I love this song, man. This is on my personal worship playlist. Um, like I, I listen to worship music to fall asleep, and this is on there. It's so good. Um, I wish we could get a Natalie Grant on this instead. But, yeah, I love it so much. And then the last song um, is Bob. is actually a cover song. It's a redemption song. Um, so this is a true reggae song that Stephen Malcolm has covered, the original artist being Bob Marley. Um, and so, actually, I listened to the song all the way through both times, and I thought, man, I'm really lost. I'm not sure how I feel about this. But then I was, as I was looking up the lyrics, I came to the end and it said, by Bob Marley. I'm like, oh, it's a cover. Um, and so then once I found it was a cover, I went out and I looked, um, and I found the original Bob Marley song, and I listened to it. And then I came back and listened to Stephen Malcolm's Redemption song again, and man, it was so good. After hearing the original and hearing Mal uh, Stephen Malcolm's, it was so... They were two completely different songs, but they shared the same words, and their kind of rhythm's the same. You can still feel that really heavy, heavy reggae influence on it. Um, and the message of the song is so good as well, about how we're all, like, bondage by the world, how we're bondage by these, this mental bondage. We're, no one's longer physically enslaved anymore, but it's this mental bondage that has us all, that makes us all slaves. Um, and Bob Marley's 1980 version... Um, his thing there was other things back then that were the mental slaves but today it's really just technology um, people are enslaved to their phones they're enslaved to the ways of the world they're enslaved to sex all these things that have us all stuck in this mental servitude of the world this song is just a reminder like no break out of that break out of it only you can break out of that but you have to do that through Christ um, yeah just another good one and that uh, it was a really great way to finish the album too. Um, I'd always, when I wrote the original draft of this, I wrote it without Redemption Song because I hadn't listened to the original Bob Marley version. 
I always thought it was such a weird way to end this album. Um, but then I read that synopsis from his page, and then I went back and listened to that Bob Marley song. And, man, I'm so glad I included this, because it is such a perfect way to wrap up this album. Um, so overall, I have a really positive view over this album, The Second City, um, for a lot of reasons. One uh, is because, obviously, I have that old history, and it brought me to this genre of music that I love so much. Um, but it it's such a nice fusion between that regular trap beat or, like, that heavier indie any pop beat uh, with that reggae. The 80s, early 70s reggae influences through the whole album. It's really obvious. Um, and that theming fits so well, and it's so beautiful. Um, the reggae influence kicked in really hard on, like, On the Move or Hardy King David or songs like that. Even kind of Fuego, but that's more of, like, a Hispanic influence. Um, but then it was kind of laid back on some other songs. Um, like, On 10 wasn't really that heavy. Um, not to us, wasn't that heavy either. Um, but it was still there. You could still hear acoustic guitar through the whole song. You still hear kind of like that laid back drums. Um, yeah. And when I initially went into this, I was kind of nervous that this album wouldn't hold up to the standards I had for it in my head because I'm just so used to this. I love it so much. Um, I was afraid that nostalgia and that kind of fond memories would make me either rate it would make me not like it anymore because I didn't know if it would hold up to time, but it held up so well. So, so well. And I actually have a newfound love for this album because I went through it in more of a critical viewpoint um, than I did from just an excited new fan and trying to figure out this album, trying to listen to it all the time. Like I tell you, when I came back from that trip, this was the only album I listened to for like a week and a half. Um, but now that I've had this chance to go back and review it critically, um, I just enjoy this album so much, so much more. Yeah, so much more. And so now... For the rankings uh, of the Second City album, I'm so excited. Uh, so we're going to start with enjoyability. So for enjoyability, I give the Second City a solid 7.9. The album is very enjoyable, it's a great listen, and the movement of the songs always creates a nice variability that other albums just don't have. There's a wide array of tracks, it's not just that fast indie pop, I mean it's not just that fast rap or indie pop. It's a great mixture of the two especially with that reggae influence, and it's just so enjoyable. It's hard not to think about. Also enjoyability, I consider the theology of the album, and the theology uh, on general was really well, really pretty sturdy. It was really good. I enjoyed it, and there wasn't really a bar that made me stop and think, like, hey, that, that's not right, or that's not Christian. Uh, so with all those things considered, I give the second city a 7.9. And then for the in innovative score, I give this album an 8. I've never heard any other CHH songs or albums that have such a reggae influence and pair it so well, or even have a reggae influence in general. Um, it was a nice, fresh breath. It really pushed it out of the way. It made its own way. It's the only one in the conversation. Even the cover at the end of the album felt completely original, even though it, it's been covered millions of times. It felt so unique. Um, so, yeah. I give it an 8 on innovation. on innovation. And then the next one is I give it a 9.2 for Evangelical Mission. Um, this album is unapologetic in its mission to shed the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are a few clear and obvious references, and a lot of the times there's name drops in every track, if not all, um, on most tracks, if not all. And a lot of the songs, the whole goal is to share a deeper insight of both a Christian life and how God's redeeming love works. Um, so songs like uh, The Heart of David or Overflow or even Louder, 
that was going to do a really good example of both those things. And then for the theme of the album, I'm going to have to give it a seven. The theme here is a clear homage to Stephen Malcolm's dad's roots as a Jamaican. Um, it's so good. The nickname, like in the synopsis, comes from his father's hometown. There are a bunch of other, other references th sprinkled throughout that I had to look up. Um, and the second city is just used throughout the song, too, to tie all in the songs together. And there's a little phrase. Um, it's like, bring on the fire, more fire, something like that. It's through the whole album. And that's so nice that there's those little key phrases that are repeated throughout the whole album to keep you still listening for the songs. Um, and then the one we've all been waiting for, Christian Cringiness. Um, there's so little cringiness in this album. It's really clear. It's really precise. There's not... Uh, Jesus Christ is my homie, or stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I'm really good. So the way the Christian, the Christian cringiness works is it's actually an inverted scale, so one being the cringiest thing I've ever seen, and ten being virtually cringe-free. Um, so on the cringe, on the Christian cringe ranking, uh, this album gets a ten. There's, I couldn't detect a single thing about Christian cringe here. The final rating is catchiness. Um, this song is so catch, the whole album is catchy, not even just one song. Fuego gets stuck in my head all the time, Overflow, even louder. Uh, even the chorus of Fade Away, uh, the rage, 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 Fade Away! Um, it's just so catchy, it's really good. Even the songs that kind of miss on the album are still catchy and find their way in there. Uh, so I give that song a 7.5. And there's actually one skippable song on the album, which I think I've labeled as Fade Away. Um, and so that now gives the second city a grand total of 49.1 possible 49.1 points out of a possible 60 um, or 81.3 percent so i thank you guys a lot for listening to this i know it's a big video um it's probably going to be over 20 15 20 minutes um after i edit it so i appreciate you for listening to it and i hope it gets better um, if you have any album reviews that you want me to do, or if you want me to do theology reviews and worship songs, or if you want me to do live reactions, let me know. Um, leave a comment anywhere, um, or you can send me an email at Christian Music Audits. It's the same thing as the channel um, at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a blessed week.